Hello and welcome to Focus on Fantasy Romance, episode number 13. We're a podcast where we discuss book genres, industry, and our geeky lives. I'm your host, Al Klaus, and I'm joined today by A.R. DeClerc. Hi, everybody. And Paulina Woods. And she's waving. So today we're, we're talking um, a little bit about industry, uh, and my children are going to walk behind me just a moment. Um, and we're going to discuss a trend that we're seeing lately uh, about writing very fast, uh, skipping content edits, going straight to line edits and publishing. And this is a trend that I've seen lately. Uh, some people have, I've, I've listened to some podcasts where the author has been discussing such a project, um, and he's doing very successful, I will say that. Uh, but <clears throat> I also, there's a lot of people trying to emulate that process and they're not seeing the same type of success. And so we're going to talk about that and probably a lot about how uh, the editorial process worked for ourselves. And I'm, I'm gonna start with my process. I My first book was published through a small press and um, I think they were my sixth publisher that I had submitted my book to. and I had, I had self-edited and I had beta readers read it and they were like, oh, this is awesome. You should publish it, you know, because you could publish with a click on KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Press. And, um, and I'm like, well, well I, want, I want that proof or that verification that I don't suck as a writer, so I want to go through a publisher. And so the process with my publisher was a, a, a round of content edits, and that's where they fix all the big story problems. Um, and then a, pro, a, a round of, they call it line edits, where you, you fix it line by line. So if I've got uh, passive voice or um, double negatives or sentence structure problems, they fix that. And then they did a, a round of proofing. I actually got two rounds of proofing because they determined that my book needed it. And then we published. So that was my my journey, but uh, stepping back, if I had listened to the beta readers that were like, this is awesome, you should publish it. I learned so much through the editorial process with our publisher that if I had done that, I would have seriously regretted not making the book the best that it could have been. And even now, and it's, the book has been out for a year, over a year, um, I go back and I try to read it or I listen to the audiobook version and I'm like, I have grown so much as a writer even since writing this book, that I want to go back and, and fix it. So let's go to Eric Clerk, and you can give your opinion on this new trend, and you can tell us a little bit more about your, your process. Okay, well, um, I'll start with what my process is, and, and I have made um, the fundamental what I consider the fundamental new author, newbie author mistakes, and that someone that I um, was told was an editor. And so when I first um, sent Between, which was my first novel, uh, to my publisher, who is a small press, um, a group of people, very warm, they had assistants of theirs doing the editing. And so the first pass was a content edit um 
which was the main editor. And that came back and I did the revisions required and fixed the plot holes and, you know, wrapped everything up. And then it went on to this assistant editor who was supposed to do the line editing, which is the main proof for the spelling, the punctuation, making sure I'm not missing any words, making sure that sentences are complete and all of those things that um, line edits and, and those types of things do. And uh, being a newbie author, that the edits were complete and I, um, allowed it to pass through and I caught a few things and it went back to them and then it came back to me. So I had three total sets of edits. Um, I published and got good reviews and, and had a few sales. And then um, I bought, we did a paperback and I got the paperback. And as I'm reading through the paperback, there's literally just tons of mistakes. And I was so very disappointed. And so I, I took that to my publisher and I said, you know, this is unacceptable. This is my, this has my name on it. Um, yes, I'm ultimately responsible because, but I mean, I, I did the editing that went through the writer. Once you've seen the page 12 times, you cannot see the glaring mistakes, no matter how like big and bold they are, because you've just seen it too many times. You know what it, that it says it. Um, so I, I was very upset. So I actually had my publisher pull the book down and it's currently going through re-edits now because I was like, name is on this. It needs to be the best quality and the highest quality that it can be. It needs to show that I care about, you know, sentence structure and grammar and, and punctuation and all these things. And, and they, they realized I, at that point that, um, using the, uh, assistant quote unquote assistant editor um, wasn't working out that that person wasn't as thorough as they should be so they stopped that and I didn't have a whole lot of other issues with my further publications but my first book was very disappointing in that so that brings me to my um, feelings about the write fast you know quick and publish um, scenario that keeps going on. And, and when, when Elle told me that, um, she listened to the podcast and there was a person out there actually, um, pushing this, uh, to indie writers as a way to be successful. I personally feel it's a huge mistake. And the reason is that we are all at different levels of our craft. And it's like Elle said, um, she can go back and look at her first book and say, I've grown, I have definitely grown with each successful success of the book that I've done. And I am so much better at self editing now than I was, but I'm still not the best. And unless, you know, even if you're a new writer, especially to the indie world, um, you don't have that level of, of knowledge about um, do's and don'ts and craft and content and um, even grammar punctuation and dialogue and punctuation in dialogue, which is a pain in the rear. Um, but to format all those things and to make them right. And so I feel like people are really, really taking a huge risk getting proper editing before they publish. And I understand that it seems like in the indie world, the more you publish, the quicker you get it out there, the more successful you're going to be. But I personally don't want my name on anything that's subpar and I want my quality to be very high and I self edit as I go and I have usually pretty clean manuscripts and I still want it to be perfect. Really just 
Um, it makes all indies look bad. The indies and small pub, you know, small pub people look bad when you're getting this flood of stuff on the market that's that's substandard. So I I feel like it's a huge mistake. Paulina, what about you? Um, I I guess starting first, I'm scared of not getting any edits. When I first hit the publishing world, I kind of went in blindly. I didn't have any friends in publishing. I didn't read up on it. I just knew that you could publish on, on Amazon. I was like, oh, cool. Look, I can write a book and publish. And then someone was like, well, you need an editor. And I was like, okay, you need a beta reader. Okay, so I had my best friend read it. And then I did content. I mean, I did line edits. I didn't do content. I did line. Got it back, went over the edits. Being who, you know, not not knowing what I was doing, I accepted some, threw some out, read it again. Oh, this is great. Perfect. You know, sent it to, um, I think I sent it to my best friend. She went over it, caught some more cram um, some more cram um, grammar and spelling. I hit publish thinking, hey, let's go. And let's just say that it didn't just tank it. It was the most hurtful experience <laughs> because I, I immediately, I think I, I did that formula without actually knowing it. I immediately wrote and pushed out my second book. And they, if you read the earlier reviews of my book, they're horrible. Like, I mean, literally people were like, what the hell is this? This, this isn't even a book. And I've gone back and read, you know, the first copies because I actually have a paperback with it. And it, it just makes me cringe. Like, I did not put this into the world. People are not reading this thinking this is my work. And all I did was line edits. And she literally, at the very end of it, she goes, you need content edit. And I was thinking, you know, I went and, and instead of asking people, I went, I just read it. And I was like, oh, well, content edit is this, line edit is this, proofreading is this. I'll just pay for the line edit so that she can fix my spelling and grammar. There was no real big problem with my spelling and grammar, but there was a lot of problems with just holes. Like, let's just put it this way. At one point, he had a sword in it. The next point, he had a hammer. How did they switch in a second? I have no idea. So it was like little things like that. Like, how did she get from here to here? How did, how did he go from here? Like, what does he feel? Like, the content wasn't there. And... Now that I'm watching and I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this trend and I'm hearing people say, oh, to be successful, you need to push books out. Even some of my people I loved, I say that in past tense because I, I fell in love with this author's series. Um, but it was, well, I mean, these, this series, I'm not going to name the series, but it's really, I loved it. I mean, I still read it now. She never, she doesn't write in a series anymore, but she kind of switched over from, um, Edit, I guess she switched over from letting from doing a bunch of edits to just doing here's everything, you know, publish fast. And I'm friends with her on Facebook now and I follow her work more closely and I can't stand her later books because she literally just pushes stuff out. Like I'm like, what the hell is this? And sometimes it jumps timelines or and she's really popular. She has a big following and you know, but I I'm like, well, I wonder if a lot of her following are like me who came in when she still had her editing done when she wasn't just trying to push out a bunch of crap. So um, I've noticed that even some of the bigger name, I guess, um, fan, um, authors are starting to feel the pressure from the readers and they're skipping content edits. 
do I want to go that route again? Never. It, my, my book sucked. It sucked. Like, I think my characters jumped off the page and tried to kill me. So I'll never, ever do that one again. Um, I'm hoping with my new book that's coming out, I have two books coming out that, you know, I'm going to try to go the proof, the proofreading round too. We'll see how that goes only because I think proofreading is kind of like you give it, you know, at the end you give it to your betas. I have two separate beta groups. I have one that reads it before and I have one that reads it after. So the after is kind of like proofreading because at that point you're just looking for typos. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll go that route and see what happens exactly. Amy, your turn. Elle ran away. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, she said she's going to be right back. But um, I, I have a feeling that um, authors who are following this program of, you know, edit a little bit and, you know, slap it up. Um, they have, it's almost um, an ego issue because if you feel like I've got this under control and my awesome, um, that's the moment that you don't catch that you've made a mistake. Um, like I was just proofreading a story that I wrote um, for the showcase that we did and the guy Jonathan in one paragraph and Luther in the next. So, I mean, and those are pretty far apart, you know, and thank God I caught it, you know, when I was editing before I put this read and because the person who's going to catch those things is going to be your reader and readers are extremely fast to write a negative review and tell you this book needs a proof. This book needs an editor. There's a typo on page 272. They are the people, they, they are out there and they, they will make sure that you know. And like Paulina said, it can be very hurt, not only to your feelings as an author, but to your brand and your platform as an author. If people are reading reviews about you that say, hey, this chick doesn't care enough about her work before she gives it to me. Or before I, I purchase it. Yeah. I think I lost readers because of, like, the idea was good. They liked the idea. But when it came down to how I executed it, I think I lost readers. Like, it hurts me. Like, I kind of want to go back to those readers and just be like, hi, I, I, I'm so sorry about that. Want to try it again? I'll give it to you for free. You know? Like, I just want to kind of wrap them up and be like, I'm so sorry for this. Well, I mean, and I'm I felt that way. I have thought to myself, I paid X amount of dollars for this, like a book by an author that has a gorgeous cover and a pretty good blurb. And I'm like, oh, this looks good. Get into it. And obviously has never had any content editing. There's plot holes. There are characters that you meet in one paragraph and never see again. And so it's like, what is even the point of this person? All of those, I have thought to myself, why did I pay for this? Um, and so, you know, it, it's just a long, it spirals out of control after a while because readers are like, oh, well, or they'll say this person's really good stories, but it's really hard to follow when there's a typo on every other sentence, you know, or yeah. this person edits pretty good, but their book makes no sense. So it's like one or the other. You either need, you know, yeah, it's really hard to, to be a reader and to know that, 
I'm the same way. Like if something doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to be like, this person needed an editor. Like somebody should have caught this. The fact that, you know, go flew away on an airplane and that airplane never lands in the entire story. So where did this fuel come from? You know, like things like that, that, that happen. And you're like, that could have been caught with a content editor. I, I think that author, you're really close to your work. And so you don't see the flaws. That's what your editor is for. They're supposed to say, smack, wake up. This doesn't make sense. Let's fix this, you know, or change this or, or make this better. So that, that's my two cents about what your editor is supposed to do. And as a reader, I'm same way. What about the thought of larger name or, lar or bigger authors now doing the same thing? Instead of them teaching us, you know, the, the, the up-and-comers, it seems like we're teaching them. What are your guys' thoughts on that one? As far as they're trying to write faster to keep up with the indies who can write faster? Yes. Instead, like, um, instead of, like, a lot of the bigger indie, like Middle Easters and higher of the indie world are starting to push out books a lot faster, I've noticed, but lower quality. It's almost like... It's almost like a five-year-old sees that a two-year-old can get anything he wants if he throws a tantrum. So now the five-year-old starts throwing a tantrum. Mm, I think it's... A lot of the, the publishing schedule dictated by the traditional publishers is not the author, it's the publishing house themselves. So <clears throat> a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, traditionally published authors are trying to get into the indie publishing because they do see that how quickly indie publishers can uh, react to trends and that they can get more money because there's no middleman, there's no there's no publisher. But I don't. I totally lost the question. Holy crap! Well, okay, I don't, uh, here's here's an example. One of my favorite all-time authors, um, Robin Owens. She writes Heartmates, a Heartmate series that's a Celtic, Celtic novels, which are amazing. Her first, not her, um, I think her last two novels are indie published because the publisher either went out or something happened where she's starting to publish indie. But she usually does one book a year, and I used to wait all year. I didn't care. I'd grab that book, run home, and read it. But it seems like her quality went down because she pushed out two in less than a year. I mean, two in a year, and I was just like, it seems to me like she kind of, they went to the indie world and was like, oh, yay, and then it just tanked. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it changed the quality, and I think that's something we should be able to learn from, that if, if they who have been publishing for way more years than I can count come to the indie world and start publishing fast in their quality tanks, wouldn't you want to follow the formula they had before? That could be a combination of things. That could be the author pushing things like skipping steps, not doing uh, her normal editorial routine. Uh, she could be using a different editor that may not have the same set of skills as the editors provided by the publishing house. Um, I have seen a lot of a, a lot of indie authors kind of get waylaid with an with an editor that isn't a good fit for them. They're either they're unsure about what type of edits they need or that the editor just doesn't push them to be this a stronger writer and um 
so that could be that could be a combination of things but this whole trend of, of writing fast only doing line edits and publishing it, a lot of the pressure comes from all these these one-off authors who are finding success doing that and I have no doubt that there are people that can do that and produce a very good book I am not one of those persons uh, I I had manuscripts that I sent to my editor and I thought this is perfect this is the, the there's nothing wrong with this I've gone over this manuscript with a fine-tooth comb there is nothing wrong with this book and then I get this like two-page write-out of everything that needs to be fixed and this is content edits she hasn't even gotten to fixing my grammar and and sentence structure and whatever so you know it's not being able to see the forest through the trees because you're you're just so so deep into it so I think that a lot of authors are feeling the pressure to produce uh, produce content quickly. And I say content because it doesn't have to be books. You can produce content as an author in several different ways, and a lot of them are overlooking it. They just think, I have to write books. No, you can write blog posts, and you can write articles, and you can write short fiction. You can do podcasts. You can do live video. Um, so yeah, they're feeling a lot of pressure to produce content, and there's they are they're cutting corners. And if you're if you're an author and you're fine with that, that's your choice. But I could like like Ar says, I can't put my name on something that I don't know that isn't good. I think too that um, everybody has to recognize what what level they're at as a writer. So. I'm a pantser. Everybody knows I don't outline. I don't do anything. So I write linear. I write. I write linearly, <laughs> which means I write from beginning to end. So I don't skip around, and that helps me so that I I don't have holes. But after my manuscript is finished and my rough draft, then it goes to my beta reader. She is not. Not my editor not a content editor she is a beta reader it is her quote-unquote job as my beta reader to read it and tell me I always ask her a did you enjoy it B does it make sense did, did you get the main message whatever that message is you know at whatever point in the novel that I'm trying to push across to my reader and so then my beta reader brings that back to me, take what she has said sometimes I don't agree with her suggestions so I'm like no I'm the author this is my book I don't want to change that so I don't change it but if I do agree with it or what she says makes sense um, you know I'll make revisions then it goes to a content editor and then a line edit and then a proofread then sometimes after it's been through all that I hop back to my beta reader you know, does everything still flow? Does everything still go? Some people are at the point as a writer that they don't need the content edit. They're pretty good. They already have their outline made. You know what I mean? They've created an outline, all the plot holes. They follow that very carefully. They know that they don't need that content edit because they are planners in the beginning. Awesome. Some people are super, super in spelling. And they they can re-edit that out themselves and do a really good job, but they're not as good at content. 
they need the content in it more than the line edits. I get that. But if you're a newbie author, you should definitely go for all the steps. Because you, you haven't tested out how good you are in any of those areas. So you should definitely try at least your first novel to make sure that you have all those ducks in a row. I get there's putting things out quickly. It's just like in Hollywood. It's just like on YouTube. You need to stay relevant. I just watched um, a YouTube video and I just read an article about YouTube's algorithms are almost exactly like Amazon. So if you're not getting likes and you're not getting subscribes on your YouTube page, then YouTube buries your video and it doesn't come up as suggested content for viewers. It's the same thing with authors. If you're just, and you're not selling, then Amazon will bury your book and it doesn't come up as suggested content. So those little, you know, blips of math on the screen are what is going to tell your you know, Timbuktu to read this book because it's something they like. And you know, it's kind of like a spiral. So the authors want to stay relevant. They want to be the next, you know, Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt's going to make five movies because nobody wants it that Brad Pitt's out there. So no matter how good or bad those movies are, he just wants his name on the screen. So the people don't forget, yo, Brad Pitt's an actor. He's, he's hot. Let's watch him. Like, and so authors are feeling to put out books for the same reason, but I personally am not of the opinion that those books should be subpar just because you want to stay relevant. So that's my, that's my pretty sticky on the subject of editing. So, and no, I'm not a Brad Pitt fan, by the way, y'all. He's not my favorite. He's just the first name that popped in my head. Um, but, uh, you know, or I could have said Will Smith, you know, or, um, Lucas Black or anyone else, but um, Brad Pitt is who I chose. But anyway, yeah, I think we're all in the same boat as far as artists go, creating co content. Like Elle said, you know, we want to create the content, but I personally think your reader is going to see you if your content's good, not how much of it there is. Right. I'm I'm reading a book on it's actually social media marketing. But um, the biggest takeaway I took from this book is to not compare your journey to someone else's um, because your journey is going to be different. Um, she was stressing, you know, if someone, if a, if a big author does, you know, XYZ promotion, um, spends thousands of dollars and it works out for her, great. Um, I am not in a position that that would be helpful for me so watching this person go through go through their journey and saying I need to I need to do this I need to copy this and you need to do exactly what this person is doing will not work for me because it's all about scale a lot of these authors that they're saying hey I did this promotion and I made X amount of money they also have a massive backlist of titles that sell regularly I do not have a massive backlist of titles. So for me to go out and spend $5,000 on a promotion for my one book won't do anything for me except waste my money. Um, and so I understand that in, in this, I, I, I feel the pressure. Like I feel the pressure that I need to write more. I need to write faster. I need to write 
you know, X amount of books. And I have a plan for 2017, but I also have a day job and I have two small children and I'm married. I live in Michigan where the roads are really, really bad right now. So it takes me an hour and a half to get to work. There goes my lunch hour. There goes my writing editing time. There's nothing I can really do about it. Um, unless I feel like quitting my job. However, I like being able to pay my house payments and having heat. So I, I am I am where I am. I'm going to make goals that I can achieve. Uh, I'm going to continue to write books that I'm proud to put my name on. And I'm just going to keep moving forward. Because honestly, if I had if I had published what was the cat? If I had published my first manuscript after my beta readers had said, "Hey, this is great. You should publish this." Um, I think my journey would have been totally different than it is now. I think I would have gotten discouraged. I would have probably quit because my reviews would have been awful. Like even before I learned the craft of writing, I would I would have caught how inexperienced I was. So yeah, I think that I think anybody looking at these these individuals that can write quickly, do minimal editing, and publish. Um, need to take the time to step back and say that's great for this person but it might not be my journey i need to learn the craft learn the industry and pick a path that works and is sustainable because we've also spoken about authors who have tried to match that breakneck pace of publishing content and they burned out and and well they crashed and burned and it's not it's not viable for everybody it's not viable for most people. <laughs> that was when you're like, jazz hands. I'm like, okay. There's an emoji for that. Oh, there is. But I think it's technically hugging, but it looks like jazz hands. We'll, do, we'll, we'll say it's jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> but like, um, like you were saying, like you would have made that mistake, and I was thinking of myself, thanks. I didn't make that mistake. I mean, I had. To but now, now you're amid good company, and you're learning. You're learning the ropes now. I mean, you're learning from your mistake. You could have, you could have said, "Well, that's the end of this. I'm gonna take my book down, pout, and, and go do something else." I could have, but I have a boyfriend who won't let me. He literally tells me, "He's like, get your butt in there and write. Do this. You need let's more books. Let's go." Um, but yeah, it's. It's a blow. It is a horrible blow to read some of the reviews that I got when I first um, when I first did you know my edits. It, well, whatever you want to call those. Um, hold on. I was thinking. I was like, what were some of my bad reviews? <laughs> and I'm like, you guys don't understand. They were bad. I never got a two star review though. I always, like the lowest one were threes. That's so not like, bad. Um, huh? A three star is not a bad review. Like I'm happy with three star reviews. No, I don't think no, they say bad. you haven't made it till you get one star. I've never. Well, on my on my second one, I did have a one star. No, there was one. I wanted to go to the review that actually made me almost quit. Like literally, almost made me quit. I was like crying. My boyfriend's like, quit reading it. I was like, can't. He's like, quit reading it. It makes. Because one of the, uh, you know, ongoing myths slash, you know, warnings that authors hear is always, you know, if you have all good reviews, uh, people are going to think those reviews 
they're all family and that you paid for them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, somebody give me a bad review so that my other reviews are validated, you know, but, um, I haven't gotten any. So, I mean, that's good, I suppose. But, um, I also sometimes, you know, sales and, and word of mouth, even negatively, um, because, you know, a group or one person much, um, didn't care for what you wrote or your content or whatever, you know, sometimes it annoys me because those books are selling just so people can see what the hype is. And, um, yeah, yeah you know, so even bad reviews can really change an author's track. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want all bad reviews, but if I got one bad review with good feedback, you know, I'd be, I guess, um, everybody's likes what they like and hates what they hate, I guess. But yeah, it always worried me because I'm like, I don't have any bad reviews. People are going to think I paid for these. No, <laughs> sorry. I've I think one of my once reviews. you get, oh. huh? I think once you get over a certain number of reviews, if they're all positive, that's fine. I think all they want to see is kind of, uh, a range so like if you've got 15 five-star reviews and that's it then then yeah I'd be like well I'd be skeptical right I'm like who are you paying Fiverr I need to know I need to know their name so I can get a hold of them <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast topic right there but paid reviews I'm yeah. joking I'm joking I'll say that in sign language too joking <laughs> Um, did you find a review the review that you wanted to? And then I started doing, um, Did that review so I, give you constructive criticism or was it just a I It goes there's some things about the story that didn't feel quite right. Dialogue was unnatural and stiff. There were a few inconsistencies. Um, for example, we're told that Michael um let um hold on. Wow, she even spelled my main character's name wrong. Sorry. Mitchell and Mary have been best friends for from a young age, yet Micah and her mother have to continuously moved when separation from their abilities. Like, all kinds of things. There, goes, there were several formatting, formatting and editing mistakes, including comma splices, tense changes that distracted from the reading. Overall, there was not enough plot, not enough action in the plot to make the story feel complete. Even if the saga continues, more should have been resolved within this book to make it feel whole. I was like, but, but, and then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, there is a lot of inconsistencies. That was actually my first review. And I gave it to this girl for like, um, you know, oh, here's a free book. And well, that was so helpful though. I mean, that wasn't just like, this book sucks. It was, it was actually constructive. It was constructive, but I think it being my first one, I thought it was perfect and then when it was, it came out, like, a lot of them after that was just, like, you know, what happened to this character? What is this going on? And even my editor, when I took it back to editing, they said my dialogue is very stiff, which I had to work on. I was like, well, I don't think it's stiff. That's how I talk in my head. And so, you know, that's another thing that I found, I find in books that are self-edited is that if you don't read it out loud, something I had to learn your dialogue comes across very stilted. So, like, we don't talk, we don't talk, I'm not gonna say, I cannot go there, I can't go there, that's what I'm gonna say. 
But if you're writing, most people are right. You know, I cannot go over there. Who talks like that? No one. So it was little things like that that kind of, you know, people were just like, no, that doesn't sound like you're talking. That was my very first review, and I think it was just the fact that I was so proud of it, and I was so happy to read, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it, like now it doesn't hurt as much or whatever. I'm just like, I did better, I think. But there's a difference between loving what you publish and wanting other people to love it as well and wanting to make money. Can I just where I think the issue is. Yeah, but what's more important though? To you, it's the fact that you want readers to love it and that you love it. For these people that are in a hurry and to put out to me, I feel like the money goes over the the relationship with the reader number one and the satisfaction of the reader number two so it's like well my customer is going to be pissed but i don't care because i'm still going to get their 99 cents or their dollar 99 or their 2.99 oh no if i get 2.99 i'll return that mess if it's bad <laughs> yeah if you're if you're only writing for the paycheck then you're not writing for the right reasons even if i never published another book I would still have story ideas that I would write down. I would I would have character arcs that I would I would develop just because they pop into my head and they don't leave me alone until I write them down. And that is kind of what an author, an actual author, does. If you're just writing for money, this is not the game for you. I mean, there is easier ways to make a bunch of money. Um, yeah, so. I, and we can we can we can discuss this in a, in another podcast because there is a big discussion about writing something that's commercial commercially viable and writing what's called the book of your heart. And I just happened to get lucky with stealing the wolf prince was the the book of my heart, and um, I'm glad that it's it's doing well. But I was also strongly in denial about what genre it was. <laughs> And I'm still kind of in <laughs> in denial, but we can we can speak about that um, in another podcast because uh, we need to wrap it up. <laughs> Does anyone have anything they wanted to close with? Pauline's dancing. I'm good. I think that um, the basic thing that we've come across, like our our advice to newbie um, authors, is to. Uh, get the editing. I, I mean, even if your editor comes back and says, wow, this is really good. You didn't need me. Awesome. But um, that's not going to happen. I don't care who you are. I, I don't know anyone who writes a perfect first draft. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what's more important to you. Your book, your reputation, your wallet. Um, you know, so... Our suggestion and our advice to all new authors is to get the end. Yeah, learn the process. Well, yes. <laughs> I think there's a phrase that says, you know, you have to learn the rules before you can break them. Learn the rules. Anything for you, Paulina? Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. If you like the podcast, Please like, comment, and share. This has been episode number 13, and good night.